Good morning. Good morning, sir. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I just did a uh, just did a personal training workout at the bright and early time of eight fifteen a.m. So I was not awake uh, when I went in, but I came out awake. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I, I envy your ability to make yourself do that. It's difficult, but I, I pay for this personal training, and it's scheduled in advance. So those are both very powerful motivators <laughs> to uh, to not ditch out on it. Yes, totally. What are you doing with this person? Um, it's just kind of like strength training, I think is the kind of the general category of, of exercise. And so I found it to be, I've done this for actually for a few years now, and it's just like an extremely efficient way to kind of build strength over time, but not have to spend, you know, hours upon hours in the gym. So it's, it's uh, generally half an hour sessions twice a week and you go to complete muscle failure and so assisted by a trainer. And the nice thing is like my gym has, um, you know, carefully reopened because it's like private only. So it's not public access. People can't just walk in off the street. And so they can kind of tightly control how many people are in the room and stuff. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been good. That's cool. We've been climbing a bit. We're actually gonna go today as well. Nice. Uh, similar deal, like super limited attendance mm-hmm. mass for everybody, that kind of thing. Mm hmm. Because it's a climbing gym, and the ceilings are like seventy feet tall right, or something. Right. Yeah. So there, it's a huge volume of air. So it seems yeah. pretty safe to me. Yeah, that's cool. I know you guys did that. I remember you talking about that, like early on in the tuple days. Did you take like a a hiatus on that and getting back into it? Yeah, I'd say the three of us all kind of fell out of the habit of it and weren't as fired up about it. But now we're we're swinging back into it. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, what's going on in your world? Well, you know, continuing to make incremental progress on SavvyCal. Let's see, in the last week or so on the product front, I shipped the kind of the beginnings of of team membership and access. So like I kind of have been trying to piecemeal this out as much as possible to not like create this mega issue that takes four weeks to to ship. Started with you can create a team and you can create links under your team, but you can't actually add people to it. And that shipped a couple weeks ago. And then the most recent ship was just like being able to to send someone a a URL where they can join your team and then you effectively are responsible for their billing. So if you're if you're a paid member and then you invite someone to your team, then they basically inherit paid member access because they're a part of a paid team. So that kind of allows allows people to unify their billing. Like, and I already have a number of customers who you know are companies and would potentially want to give access to their to their fellow teammates. And so this was something I was really like eager to just like get out there and and even its minimal form, like just so you know people can can invite their teammates and I can start the expansion revenue stuff going. So I saw that email because I'm a customer. Uh, did you get uptake on that? Have people actually added people to their team? They have. Yeah. So within within like an hour of shipping it, I got my first expansion revenue on that. And then hey. yeah, there's, been, there's been a trickle of people. So that's probably about half my growth this month has come from expansion and half has been new, uh, new signups. So Hell yeah, that is great. Yeah. And especially at the I mean, at the you know, the low, relatively low price point that I'm at $12 per seat, like that's a in, intuitively like a very critical part of, of growing this business at not a snail's pace is, <laughs> is, you know, enabling people to get uh, more seats going. So yeah. totally. Yeah. You don't want to sign up like a $12 max a month. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. That's great. I mean, psychologically to me, like expansion revenue just feels so good. It does. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it feels like it's free or something. It's like, well, we already mm-hmm. got this customer. They just, now there's just more of the customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. You know, that was kind of an agonizing feature, honestly, to build because I think I alluded to this in prior episodes, but like permissions logic is tricky and especially when it involves billing and it's really non-trivial. I mean, I think most apps kind of run into this. You guys probably have something similar with your permissions model, right? Where it's like the nuances of this are kind of tricky. Like when you give someone access to a team and they themselves are not a subscription holder, I want them to have premium features where they can you know, activate their links, create links under the banner of their team. If you're not a paying member yourself, you can't create your own teams and start inviting people and like daisy chaining basically teams. Yeah, this is kind of one of those like little iceberg features where there's a lot of there's a lot of logic to think about in the background. On the surface, it looks it looks very simple. So that was frustrating. I, I I've built these models many times in the past, and so I kind of know that there's always kind of a rat's nest of complexity under there. But still, I was like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll just break this down into small chunks and it'll be fine. And then once I got deep into it, it was it was frustrating because especially in the phase I'm at right now where I'm like wanting to devote a good amount of time to thinking about building up marketing flywheels and stuff. Like any feature that goes longer than a couple of days is just is kind of agony. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's tough. I think that makes sense to actually like listen to that and, and mm-hmm. try to ship these small slices. Yeah. yeah. Just like to keep your morale up, but also just to keep good excuses to email the customers and yeah. show them progress and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think going in the in the cave for a month would definitely be detrimental for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I was happy with the way I did the first the first team thing, where I just allowed people to create teams but not add people. Like that was a decision point that I came to. I was like, "Am I going to?" This feels like a really half finished feature. If I ship this, like, can I even announce this to people? I was like, you know, what if I just put a little label in the UI that's like, "Hey, here's the area where members go." Yeah, you will be able to add people here soon but that's in progress but i just went ahead and shipped this and like i did that and nobody complained or like you know it wasn't it wasn't a problem so that's probably like a good reminder that like you can probably ship things sooner than you might assume and sometimes all it takes is just putting a little bit of helper text in the ui in the meantime just to you know alleviate like confusion so yeah i like that i like being pragmatic around those things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of have to be cool what's the what's the next uh the ship then the next thing you're gonna do yeah, so I mean, I've I've had kind of like first foray into integrations, like a Zapier integration is is I think the first big one aside from the next calendar integration that I want to build because that'll you know enable all kinds of you know custom things that people want to do in kind of all in all in one fell swoop. So that's probably the next big thing. It's tricky. There's been a number of like I would call them like housekeeping tasks or just like little things that have been mentioned multiple times by customers and none of them are like that big of a deal but i felt like it's been important to to knock those things out so like give an example you can subscribe to changes on someone's google calendar so like if someone makes a change to a calendar event that was created by savvy cal like if if the the prime example is like the person who is the organizer of the event that that sent the scheduling link decides to like cancel the event on their calendar you can subscribe to changes to the calendar so that those changes will get reflected on the savvy cal side and it'll notify everybody that the event was canceled and this is like a very common thing that that people do instead of like using the cancel event feature through savvy cal they just cancel it on their calendar and expect it to be reflected everywhere and so like i knew i needed to add this i think calendly does automatically handle this and so it was something that like 
I needed to add eventually. And enough people mentioned it where it's like, okay, I'll do that one. And, you know, that took a couple of days. And there were several other things along those lines that I just kind of was working on in the last week or so. And those are not as satisfying because they're like, they're like things that need to be there, but they don't really set me apart or move the move the needle that much on on how people perceive the product. They're just kind of like baseline necessity things. And yet they still kind of they still take time and they still distract away from my next big initiative. So I'm finding like balancing those things um, against uh, kind of the, the needle moving features is um, is always a challenge. But um yeah. And marketing. And marketing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How yeah. how are your trial signups? Um, they've definitely slowed in the last in the last week or so. Like I don't have kind of a sustainable traffic source just yet built up. Most of it just comes from when I talk about it publicly or or tweet about something. And, you know, I've I've kind of been working through my own kind of personal channels. Like I emailed my personal newsletter list this last week because I hadn't really officially announced Savvy Cal to that list yet. <laughs> it's like, I want to keep that list warm, but I also, you know, I'm not blogging regularly. So it's like, I want to strike a good balance of like, hey, this is what I've been up to, but I also don't want to just use this list as a place to like promote my own stuff and not provide value. So like anytime I do things like that, I get a little bump and then it kind of trails off. So definitely have my eye towards wanting to, you know, work on those like sustainable traffic flywheels. In contrast to the sort of bread and butter basic features that you know you have to do, do you have any more thoughts on sort of unique takes on things or pain points that are going to come down the, the pipe? Okay, so I have a number of things that are kind of differentiators that I'm working on highlighting on the marketing site. So I, that's actually, it's not a product improvement stuff, but it's you know, advancements on the marketing side of things. I'm kind of retooling the marketing site a bit to highlight some of the areas of differentiation that I have already. This week, my plan is to like spend mornings on product stuff, afternoons on marketing related tasks. So yeah, working on doing a better job of highlighting what I do have. And then I think, you know, on the differentiation front, like, probably honestly, the next the next thing is is delivering on the promise of of helping to optimize your calendar, and make sure it's not fragmented, or like, like encourage people to to book things that are kind of optimal for for making sure your maker time's not not disturbed. I think that's probably in in talking to folks who, you know, resonated with the copy that's on the website today, which is just a little brief like, you know, what if scheduling was better in in these five different ways or whatever. That one seems to be pretty interesting to people, so I want to actually make some make an initial progress on on delivering on some of that. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Popped into my head as you were talking, just like I'm imagining, like trying to book a thing with you, mm-hmm. and if it made it clear to me times that you were available that were best, mm-hmm. and then times that were like you're technically available or not quite as good, but mm-hmm. I could book if I had to. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of interesting. Yep, I think you know, just like little think of like calendar view, grayed out areas that are completely unavailable, and then the areas that are optimal are kind of like highlighted in yellow or something, and you can kind of pick in those regions, and then the other ones are are just kind of neutral. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So as to like kind of defragment it and keep it like, okay, book this sort of like right after this other call, just so I can kind of knock them yep. all out in the morning or something like that. Yeah. I think the other the other piece too, in thinking about like marketing, I think one of the one of the channels I want to explore, experiment with is doing some content marketing, but particularly trying to build up like nice 
long-term asset pieces as opposed to like a treadmill of of never-ending content and so one of those is you know something that i've talked about quite a bit is like is like easing the power dynamics of using scheduling links and i think there's a lot that could be said around like best practices on how to approach scheduling time with someone without just falling back to the most inefficient method and so i think there's potentially a nice meaty content piece around that and i think it could be could be even pretty balanced and talk about how how to use various tools on the market to accomplish this it's not just purely a promo for my product but it's like this is around scheduling in general how to approach it but as i've thought about like kind of outlining my thoughts around that there are certain features that i would like to say that savvy cal could do to help ease it and it's been interesting to to kind of think about like think about it from the other direction like if i'm writing a piece talking about best practices around easing power dynamics how can I like what would I want to be able to say about Savvy Cal in that instance? And so I think like a like a recommended workflow for, you know, if you're going to send someone a, cup, a handful of times for them to pick from or fall back to your scheduling link, for example, that's a pretty common thing. If you're sending someone a time, you probably want to make sure that that time doesn't get snatched up out from under them. So like a, I'm thinking like a little a little flow where you can like like go to recommend times and it shows you your calendar and then you can pre-select some times you want or savvy cal pre-selects for you and you can screen them and then it basically puts a hold on those times so that you know in the meantime no one else can take them that could be a really nice feature to to build into you know something like that mm-hmm. cool the optimization thing is interesting to me personally as a, as a customer like there's times where i want to send someone the link and it's like i have this like restricted version where it's like, this is just Tuesdays and Thursdays during certain blocks, which is like my ideal for meeting people. I try to schedule all my times there. But if none of those worked, I'd be okay with like falling back to a different time. Like there's like a you know second, second choice kind of thing. It would be cool to me personally as a customer to have that, that sort of option. It's like start here and then give them like a, okay, I can't find anything here. I need your like backup, less convenient times. Here they are. Okay, I can't find anything here. I need the emergency. Like I got to meet with you kind of block. And it's like, fine, just, just give them whatever, whatever's open. Yep. I think there's probably a simple version of that that I could that I could release pretty quickly. That's just literally a button. Like none of these times work, show me more or something like that. Mm. You know, craft the wording mm-hmm. a little bit, but and kind of you just specify, you know, fallback availabilities like this one first, then this one, then this one. And if and if you pushed people to make those first choices like good for uninterrupted work, mm-hmm. like maximize my un- uninterrupted blocks of time. Like, oh, you have a 10 o'clock that ends at 10.30, stick this at 10.45. Uh, as opposed to 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, would be would be great for me. Yep, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is. So cool. Yeah, I think the um, this sort of like unique takes are important and will help with everything. Like it'll help with the marketing because it will help you tap into that collection of people that are dissatisfied because there's this like existing problem and they're not. It's not getting solved for them. Yeah, yeah. There's clearly like it's a, it's an interesting space because there's clearly pain around this there's discomfort around using links for various reasons and those reasons are not completely obvious and like on the surface calendly is a is a is a nice simple elegantly designed tool many people view it that way and yet there are just little things that when you stack them up together it's like it kind of goes deeper than just like the the user interface or the way it looks it's like if the product's behavior needs to needs to help nudge things in the right direction so it's like non-obvious things, but yeah. Cool. We'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's been going on with you? Uh, it's been a good week. 
I participated in a virtual choir this week. Oh, nice. <laughs> Getting back to singing. Yeah. Did a little bit of singing. Yep. It's not it's not the same, of course. The the fun part of singing is being with people, but still it was nice to do like a musical thing. Stretch my brain that way. And along those lines, I've also been practicing piano for the first time in 25 years <laughs> or something. <laughs> did you take piano lessons as a kid for a while? I did, yeah. Yeah. I did maybe like six or seven or eight years of piano mm-hmm. as a kid. Wow, nice. Uh, and it was always, I was always like a bad practicer. I was kind of, I, I liked performing, but I did hated practicing. But now I'm, I, I have a piano again. My parents gave me their old piano and I've been actually like, like last night I like, I like put on the metronome and was practicing scales. It's like, that's, that's how you could tell you're actually doing it as opposed to just fooling around. And it was really satisfying. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I feel like creative outlets like that are really good, healthy things for the mind. Like I enjoy playing the piano. I enjoy cooking for the same reason. You know, it just, it puts you into a different exercising the other side of the brain. <laughs> but of course, piano is doing both, right? There's a, there's a creative element to it and there's a technical element. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I felt really good. I was like, I had been like, playing with screens or like fooling or like you know i was just like do i want to watch something on netflix or i don't know and i was like no i should should play the piano and i started playing it and like an hour later i was like this was great like i had like there's no like you know regret or like i should use my time better than that it was just like no that was like useful and good and i feel better than i did before and yeah it was it was quite enjoyable Uh, if you told 10 year old me that uh, i would find practicing piano satisfying one day (laughs) i would have been you're a liar oh how people change i know yeah Exactly. Yeah. I like, I, you, I, you did it for fun without your parents making you do it? What, <laughs> what have you become? I remember when I was a kid, I used to have to practice for 45 minutes five times a week. That was like what I had to do. Yeah. And I remember just feeling like this, just like an agonizingly long amount of time. <laughs> I remember like every day until I had done my practicing, I was like, oh, I just would dread it. Yeah. Because like when you're that young, like 45 minutes is an eternity. It is. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah. But yeah. So, and I ordered a bunch of music. I also bought an iPad to like have like digital music on so I can have like a thing. So I'm pretty pumped to be doing more of that. That's cool. I question on the um, virtual choir. So were you all in different places, but piping, like stitching your audio together as you were singing or how was, how did that work technically? So it's, it's pre-recorded and then assembled after the fact. Okay. Okay. The director puts out a track with the accompaniment and a click and also him conducting and then you record yourself while watching that. And then they assemble all those things into one thing. I'm pretty psyched to see how it turns out. These can be kind of a mixed bag. It's hard to synchronize all those people separately, but they, I think they really gave us a good infrastructure for it. So I, I think it's pretty likely to come out pretty well. That's cool. I was trying, I was picturing you guys like all on Zoom trying to like sing at the same time or something. If you've ever done this, you, it's pretty easy to like figure out um, parts of their audio optimization like algorithm when you like, I've done like a collective, everyone sing happy birthday over a Zoom call. And like as soon as everyone starts singing, it just flips out. Like it starts canceling everyone's voices out. And you can't hear anything because <laughs> it's like designed to like help prevent people from talking over each other. I think that's part of what the magic of and like FaceTime audio will do this thing where it'll like it'll like play an echo of what was said by the other person but quieter like a second later because it's like trying to make sure that you caught what that person was saying while you oh, were talking yeah i didn't realize that was true yeah huh. yeah i mean it's, it's not not meant for singing there is a thing actually for like remote singing called jamulus which i haven't used but like apparently it's optimized for this use case and i hear like a reasonably positive reviews of it 
I feel skeptical. Like, how could that work? But maybe it does. But so anyway, on the work side of things, did a couple things last week. One was, so I've been running a mastermind as part of uh, Founder Summit. Mm, okay. Yep. Um, which is this thing that uh, Ernest Capital put together. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. So I basically have like a mastermind group of five or six people that I'm like running, like sort of facilitating and offering advice in. And uh, we did our first session last week and it was uh, it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. Everybody there is kind of earlier on in the journey. Uh, some of them have like, you know, some uh, MRR and some don't yet. Uh, but it's interesting just to kind of uh, dig into other people's businesses and try to help them out. Do you feel like you have a lot of like clarity on on insights to offer or you or do you get the sense of like wow everyone's business is so different like what do you what are your thoughts around like advice giving in Uh, that context so i have big thoughts around it like clearly what i mostly have are a bunch of anecdotes of like what's worked for me what's worked for people i know it's not like a coherent system it's it's not enough data points to know for sure these are like the, the ways to do it and so i try to offer advice with kind of like a hear some ideas type tone to it i know enough to know that like this is not guaranteed to work by any means i think a lot of these popular anecdotes and like well-worn wisdom of the microconf type world bootstrapper world are pretty good advice because people have fairly consistent failure modes i think Hmm. Hmm. yeah what if you just launched a small thing and got some feedback on that like what if you tried to charge one person this week like, what if you sent some emails directly to people instead of hoping someone found your website and bought the thing? Like, there are some some things that that showed up in the group uh, where I was like, these just kind of feel like bread and butter, standard uh, bootstrapper tasks and things. So I, I think there were some some lessons I was able to to point towards that that seemed useful. I also think part of my value was was literally just like someone's like, you know, over the eight week course, I'm hoping to accomplish this goal. And I'm like, well, what if we got like 10% of that done this week? Like, is there some way you could like get kind of the way there, like, or, like immediately? And they're like, ooh, uh, maybe actually. And like, we kind of talked through that. It's just like, just asking, like, are you sure you can't do this like way faster? Like maybe on a smaller scale, but just like get it done like right away. Yeah. I think there was some value to that. Nice. Ben, the startup coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's co- Coaching is cool. I, I like it. I'm into it. And hopefully it's hopefully it's useful for folks. We'll see how they how they do on their goals. Mm-hmm. Is this a mastermind that's designed to persist for a long time, or is it like a short term engagement kind of thing? Or what's the... yeah? So it's time boxed. It's it's I think it's seven or eight weeks. Total. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is partly why I agreed to it. I wouldn't have like just been like, oh yeah, I'll just facilitate a mastermind forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. But there was like, here's a very clear schedule, and like you know, we're gonna set some goals, and then it's gonna wrap up and be done. And I was like, oh okay, that sounds like a thing I would I'm comfortable doing. Cool. Yeah. And then also last week, I interviewed Farhan Tower, who is the VP of engineering at Shopify. Um, and uh, we talked about pairing for about an hour and like how they pair at Shopify and his background. And it was, wasn't even, it was kind of an interview, but it's almost kind of like a, we were both just kind of like jamming out on pairing and just like sharing thoughts and ideas. And it was really fun. And I think it was, I think, I think it came out great actually. He has like so much pairing experience to share, like a former Pivotal Labs person and then like ran like a giant team of people that were pairing full time. And it was just like had, he had a ton of experience and like we had good chemistry, I think. And um, I'm excited to like publish this video this week. Nice. So how, yeah, what's your promotion of this going to be like? Is it going up on the tuple site? Is it? Uh... Uh, yeah, I think we're going to host it. Um, I think Shopify is going to help us promote it. 
there's a Shopify engineering Twitter. I imagine we'll get a, a shout out there and things like that. But he he was basically kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be all over this and like help put it out there because it, it reflects well on them as well, right? Like it's it's kind of a, a pitch for their their culture as well. High degree of name recognition there and uh, and reach with the, <laughs> the well respected engineering organization. So that's uh, totally that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was kind of like slapping my head that I hadn't thought of this earlier. It's like because we have some pretty very well known customers. And like do figure out a way to like kind of use both our audiences and like build an asset that's useful to both of us. So we both want to share it. It's like, oh yeah, this is this is good. Like if we had a marketing person, they might have suggested this months ago. <laughs> yep. I'm glad to be doing it now. So I'm probably gonna look for more opportunities to do this. It's like it's 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 pretty easy to engineer a win-win in this situation. So it's not that hard to ask for this kind of thing because it's like mm-hmm. clearly we're both gonna benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean for them it's like it's probably helps with like stocking up their pipeline of potential developers who want to work with them if they hear how thoughtful like the engineering culture is at at the company, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Their thing is hiring. So like the mm-hmm. more they can reach more developers and and have a positive give them a positive impression of the the culture and all that, the better. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to use some of their audience and also be like, "Oh, by the way, like how is it when you use Tuple as a customer?" And it's like, oh, that's cool for us. And so, yeah, yeah I should note one thing that I'm doing on uh, as part of this um, revamping my marketing site is adding a ton of social proof. So I already have like I have a number of customers that are like very happy and very willing to give me testimonials and stuff. So I'm kind of like chalking it full of that because I feel like that's I'm just one of my favorite ways. And and honestly, it works. It's one of the most effective things for me when I'm like vetting something new is if I see you know, not just fake social proof, but like real, real testimonials and real, like, especially recognizable names. It's like, oh yeah, if, well, okay. I immediately have more trust for this, you know? Totally. Yeah. So. I, uh, I have a little trick in that, by the way, that I've sort of stumbled into, which is if you go to a company and you ask them kind of officially, like, can I use your logo? Will you endorse this product? They almost like the bigger companies will almost always have a process for that, mm-hmm. and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times, the default is kind of just no. It's just like the person will be like, I can't go through that. It's too horrible, or like just the, the literally just the default. By most of the time, they just say no. But if you talk to a single person, sometimes they just like you know, are you willing to say something nice about the product? And they say yes, and it's like okay, like this product is great. John Smith at company name. It's kind of a way to kind of get a backdoor endorsement or sort of or, or testimonial thing which I, I think is still legit and not like you're not cheating exactly but has worked for us i like that i like that so uh i also last week talked to some possible pairing coaches i'm gonna be trying this as an experiment uh, at some point in the next week or so week or two offering people these like onboarding slash pairing coaching calls and just see how it see how it goes I'm interested to see what the uptake is and how people rate the, the experience and whether or not we can just like whether or not we can make something good that people want and then appreciate after they have it. And this is a kind of a unique role. Like what did what it ended up being effective for finding some of the some of the people that you're talking to about doing this? Twitter? Uh, dumb luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Fair uh, enough. D- d- dumb luck. Just I mean, after like, you know, basically they're like people in my network already. I tweeted about it once and then got a bunch of DMs and some of the people were really good and I talked to them and, and want to move forward with, with some of them. So that was useful. It's very experimental at this point. And like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it as like customer success, but like 
wrapped up and disguised and sweetened the, the deal with like pairing expertise and coaching. Because like, so lots of SaaS companies have the like, you know, hey, I'm Bill from customer success. Do you want to hop on a call at some point? And like, this is kind of that. Only hopefully like the, the, the carrot and the, the pitch is more interesting to our customer base where it's more like, I can, I can help you get better at pairing. It's a, it's a hyper-specialized customer success person. It's like, um, yeah. that, I mean, that is the thing. If they are, become successful at pairing, then all other things will follow. Good things will follow from that. So instead of them being like, I'm an expert at, uh, you know, just generalized support and being a good human being over, over email or something, it's like this is your core mission is to enable people to pair program. And so it feels like a good a good strategy here to like to align that and offer that deliver that value you know and it's clear to me there is a gap between people's pairing aspirations and their actual behavior yeah there was a period of time where we would ask people when they signed up like what's your ideal pairing frequency and lots of people would say daily or weekly and just like never pair <laughs> like just, just like do almost none so like clearly like people they sign up and they're like oh yeah i want to pair a lot i know it's good i know i should be doing it but there are there are some impediments to to most people like kind of becoming a pair like someone thinking of themselves as a pair programmer having the habit that sort of thing. I feel like this is a good investment in potentially in retention because it seems like with with aspirational products a lot of times the risk is well you, people get sold on it because it's they aspire to use this and do it but then eventually it's like well if we're not using it we're not getting value out of it then eventually their churn risk right so yes yeah exactly yeah yep. So we'll we'll see how that all turns out. I want to try to be really disciplined about like tracking it and like testing it and saying like okay, we we can see the difference in the the numbers on the people that get these calls versus not rather than just have this like vague sense of like yeah, we think this is good. Mhm. Uh, so cool. Maybe well, I'll yeah. have some interesting s- stats to share. Yeah, I'm curious to hear how that goes. Yeah. But I think that's it for me. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Cool. Shall we wrap? Let's wrap it. All right. Notes for the show. Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.